to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. I'm your host, Eden fritz Aguirre. In this podcast, I sit down with you, Heart alum, to see all of the amazing things that hawks do once they spread their wings and work to better their community. And this hawk is a good one. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Dr. Jolie Rock. Dr. Rock, a 1989 Hart School graduate, draws from her total life experience when she takes the stage or works with aspiring young artists. For over 25 years, she has passionately shared the gift of song through producing concerts, developing community arts programs, as well as training and mentoring aspiring singers. She received her bachelor's degree in music education at the University of Hartford, a master's degree of education from Loyola University, and a doctorate of musical arts from the University of Connecticut. She is receiving the Impact on the University of Hartford Award at the 2023 Anchor Awards. This award is given to an alum who has had a remarkable impact on the university through their philanthropic support and or service. During her time at UHart, she was a Red Cap resident assistant and a member of the Hart Student Council and African American Students Association. Since graduating, she served as chair of the Alumni of Color Task Force as well as a liaison to the Hart School. Today, she remains deeply invested in UHart as an active volunteer and generous donor. Dr. Rock, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Eden. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank, yes, thank you for coming. We are so excited to talk to you about your experiences today. So although I just gave a little bit of a bio, I'd love to hear from you. Tell us about yourself and what you do. Well, I grew up in New York and came up to the University of Hartford, stayed here for 30 years, developing a career as a performer and an arts educator, and specifically within the realm of music. And, um, and yeah, now I'm in Houston, Texas. Very nice. Well, welcome back to Connecticut. We're so glad to have you in studio, which is very exciting. So I'd love to talk about, you are the founder of HBCU Arts and the owner of Rock Vocal Studio. Did you face any challenges when you first started, and how did you overcome them? Uh, when I first started, I was a teacher in Hartford Public Schools. And so from those experiences of being a student here at Hart and the University of Hartford, um, even being a student in high school at LaGuardia High School of Music and the Arts, and then moving on to teaching in Hartford Public Schools and performing across the world, I experienced lots of challenges, and that's why Rock Vocal Studio and HBCU Arts exist today. Because of those challenges, I was able to create programs that will help young people to do better and provide the support that they need, um, not just in becoming performers in terms of their um, artistic talents, but how do they run the business of singing, right? So Rock Vocal Studio, we develop talents, we showcase talents. With HBCU Arts, we look specifically at students that are at HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, the faculty and the alumni, because they have less opportunity they have less resources provided to them. They, they have, they, you know, it, it's a struggle. And so how do we provide them with the resources and the support and the knowledge and the opportunities to move further? And so um, that's what this is all about, how to do the business and the career of, of performing and showcasing your artistic talents. That's incredible. I love it. And I could just tell you are just a wealth of knowledge, especially in the music realm. And I noticed that you're also a full-time lecturer at Prairie View A&M University. So I'd love to know what courses do you teach? 
At Prairie View right now, um, I teach vocal pedagogy. I teach uh, music in contemporary life, which is really a music appreciation class. And I also teach applied voice lessons. So I have about eight private voice students one-on-one. Oh, wow. Um, five of which are doing recitals this semester, so, so that's exciting. And, um, yeah, and, I, you know, in the future, I'll probably teach diction courses and, and different courses that relate specifically to vocal music. That is so fascinating. Well, also, congratulations and best of luck to your students. Break a leg, as they say. <laughs> Got to get that right. And as we're talking about your different experiences, right, you just have so many ranging from being a full-time instructor, a founder, professional singer, artist-in-residence owner, you name it. I'd love to know how all of these different experiences have contributed to where you are now. They have, well, they're all part of me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all make me who I am. Um, and so, yeah. I love it. That's yeah, wonderful. It's not an easy life, I will tell you. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, this morning on the way over, I couldn't get off the telephone and, and off of my computer because I had all these emails and phone calls. And right now I'm in the process of writing grants and 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 um, revising our strategic plan for HBCU arts. And, and so it's, you know, there's constantly things coming my way. And then trying to have time for my personal life and friends right. and and you know it's tough but I it's I make difficult it work. absolutely well work. I'm glad you make it work and I'm sure your students are very grateful as well and especially as we're talking about your students who are doing recitals or have them coming up so when I was in high school I was in choir a fact mm. I don't talk about often on the podcast um you, I was a soprano one you oh you are you gonna sing no no <laughs> podcast not today maybe in a future episode if we do a musical special Ooh, i'm looking over at our alumni engagement officer this sounds like a great idea um but for students who you know are a little shy like i did choir and i did drama club and i noticed that i felt way more comfortable in the choir classroom but once you're on that stage it's scary so i'd love to hear your advice to singers or performers who kind of struggle with that confidence when performing well one of the things that i do is I recommend a book called Performing in the Zone by John Gorey, G-O-R-R-I-E. He does not know <laughs> because I do not know personally John Gorey. John Gorey was a trumpet instrumentalist and he experienced performance anxiety. So he wrote this workbook. It's truly a workbook that talks about the theory of performance anxiety and how he was able to overcome it and create wow. a path that was personalized to him and works with his coping skills so that he can get beyond the fear of getting up in front of an audience and performing. And it works. That's and great. so I recommend that all of my students get it, especially those who suffer from pain, performance anxiety. And it helps them tremendously, um, again, because it's centered on guiding you through a process of self-discovery and self-correction. Wow. So that when you are getting ready to perform, you know what works for you and you know how to center yourself and get in the zone. I love yeah. it. And that's so such an great. important skill to know yeah. how to get into the yeah. zone. But like you're saying, everybody's different. Yeah. So what may work for me and what comforts me may not comfort you. And that's such an important note. So that's one thing I do. The other thing is I encourage my students to, at the end of their voice lessons, to affirm themselves. Because when you're taking lessons, when you're working on a craft, you're picking apart all of the things you need to fix. Fix, fix, fix this, fix this, fix that. Right. This is wrong. No, you got to do this differently. Oh, if you do it this way, you can access this better or easier right. or more efficiently. 
but what did you do well? So when before you leave my studio, I want to know two things that you believe you did well in that session. Wow. Right? And so that you begin to not just pick apart, but also affirm that you learned something. Right. That you're leaving here with a sense of accomplishment, not, oh. Right. It's not the list of everything you you, did wrong. Exactly. And so finally, I will say that I tell my students, you go into an audition, into a performance with what you have in that moment. Right. Nobody can give you more five minutes before. Yep. (laughs) So you go in, enjoy yourself, and live in the space that you are in, right? And come from a place of truth and authenticity, and your audience will enjoy themselves. The audience is not there because they want you to do a bad job. That's right. The audience is there, whatever the audience. They are there because they want to see the remarkable work that you have done and have proven to get them in that seat. So give them a great show. And you can't give a great show if you are stressed out. You can give a great show because you are loving what you do and you just want to share it. That's beautiful. I feel so inspired right now. That is incredible. (laughs) But I want to go back to your point about, you know, giving those affirmations to your students. That is so, so critical. Mm -hmm. I am a graduate teaching intern for the School of Communication, and I student teach in a beginner editing course for video Mm. production. And for some students who have never done it before, you know, it's so easy to get discouraged. They can't pick up one skill. It's, I'm never going to learn this. Because, again, you're so focused on, here's all the things you need to fix for the next project. But I like to sit with students and be like, you know, you're doing all these things so well. You know, you're making great progress. It's not just, yeah, you keyframed wrong. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Yeah, that's wrong. That's not professional. At the end of the day, you're not going to motivate them. They're not going to want to do better. And the reality is they didn't get into the program because of what they didn't know. Correct. They got in the program because of what they know and the talent that they bring to the table. Right. And the realization of the university that they those talents can be developed and honed. Right. Right. So let's help you develop and hone, but also teach you to self-affirm. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Thank you. So we're going to jump to our next set of questions, which are sponsored by our wonderful friends over in the Office of Career and Professional Development. We're going to do a little throwback back to your time at the University of Hartford. But were there any events, resources, or particular classes that you took part in while at UHart that played a particular role in your eventual career, and how so? First of all, I'm trying to recover from back in my time. throwback for everybody (laughs) okay thank you even if it's just two years (laughs) so back in my time this building was not built yet so we're in the library right and so there was a different library a very different library oh it was much smaller we didn't have the wings the side wings it was much smaller it was just yeah it's just where the main part of the library where you come in the center that was what the building was yeah so the university looks very different from when I was a student here. There are lots of different buildings that have been created. So the courses that I took, I would say really the education I received at the university was very comprehensive. Um, One of the reasons why I come back and why I invest in the university philanthropically giving um, and doing um, actively being involved is because I learned so much here. Um, Having a small school where I felt like what I had to say mattered, 
I was heard. Um, we had struggles. It wasn't without struggle. But for the most part, I had really caring professors. And when they, they when I had the ones that weren't caring, I kind of let them know, I need a little bit more from you. I expect a little bit more from you. And that's okay. Yes. Um, I've always been that way. And so, you know, I was nurtured here. Um, and I wouldn't be who I am today without the university. So, I mean, my courses in vocal diction and in vocal literature and music education, pedagogy, even the math and the sciences and the world history and the gen eds, which we didn't call <laughs> gen eds back then, and my English, you know, writing courses. I remember my professors. I remember the dean. I read that was, you know, 89, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I started in 85. It was a long time ago. I, I actually, and, you know, it's hard for students to do this today. It was hard then. I completed, I think, 149 credits in Whoa. four years here at the university. Whoa. Yeah, there were some semesters where I took extra, extra courses, clearly. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience, and I think I took all of the things that I learned and I was able to utilize it, and still I'm able to utilize it, and then help other students. That's excellent. That's great. So I'd love to know, now that we've kind of talked about your different uh, professional experiences and we've talked about your different degrees, how have your goals and expectations for your career changed since you were in college? Is there anything you wish you would have known when you were a student? My aspirations did not change because I became an educator. I wanted to be an educator since I was in junior high school, middle school, and um, followed that route. And I can't give education up no matter how well my performing career does. Um, education and educating future generations is, I'm passionate about it, and that's just what I do. And so I do it in a lot of different ways as well. Yeah, I have followed my trajectory. If I could have known anything or wish I would have known anything, I've incorporated it into what I do for my young people, right? So one of the things that I came out of um, with feedback um, for the university was you can't ask a question if you don't know the question to ask. And that sounds a little bit oblique. But it's the truth. If I, coming in, I love opera, but I don't know about opera as a business and an art form and, you know, beyond just singing some right. songs, how do I know, oh, are there some performances that I should go to? Mm, that's a good point. Oh, um, should I be vocal coaching? I don't even know what vocal coaching is. Why would I know that that's something that I should do? Right? So you cannot mm. ask a question that you're not, that you don't know is a question. Right. And professors request that of, of us all the time. Mm. And so helping, you know, my students know these are opportunities and resources. I wish I had that when I was in school, that I had somebody that said, these are resources and opportunities that you can have. There were times when I would ask a question and say, can I try this? I saw this on the board. And they said, oh, you're not ready. Instead mm -hmm. of explaining what it is and telling me how to prepare myself to be ready, oh, you're just not ready. So that's like a How will you off. ever be How, ready exactly. if you're not given the tools? Exactly. Um, and so I would say that is one thing that, and then the other piece is, how do you do the arts as a career? Having the technical proficiency and knowing how to perform or do your art form is one thing. 
but learning how to present yourself as an entrepreneur, as a business person, and navigating the business field is a whole different ballgame. So today, a lot of times, my students who are in high school taking lessons with me, I tell them, get your degree in business and minor in music. Oh, okay. Or do a dual business and music major because they need to know how to do the business. Right. Right? You can take lessons. You can take courses. You could go to programs. There's a lot of things that you can do to develop um, as an artist and to perform, literally perform on stage because you don't learn to perform by sitting in a classroom with somebody. You learn to perform by being on stage and performing. Right. Right? Doing it. Yeah, that's a little bit. I have a little um, non-traditional approach. <laughs> no, I, I'm all about it. I, hey, I counted when we were doing our mic check. I count ridiculously. <laughs> you know, everybody, you do what works for you. So this is my last big question for you before we start wrapping things up here. But do you have any advice for students nearing graduation that aren't sure they want to pursue a career in their major? You don't have to pursue a career in your major. Mm-hmm. How do you, okay, so the truth in a career is you want to be happy and you want to be able to support yourself. Right. Right? So if you can do those things and do them in a way that you love and, in, 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 you know, and focused on something you love, you'll have a lasting career. Right. So I built a career. I loved math. I loved music. I loved working with children and young people, and that's how I built my career. I love performing, too, but I didn't know how much I was going to love it at that point. So right. I said, let me go into teaching first, and then if I want to sing, I've got time to that's do right. that, right? And so I, later on in my late 20s, I went back and started to develop my performing career and started performing, um, and then I was able for me to do both, which is shunned on by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you have a teaching career and a singing career? Well, I've done it. And right. now I'm towards, you know, the latter part of my career. <laughs> and so it has worked for me. So figure out what you love, what makes you happy, and design a career that centers around that. Everything that you've learned, even if you don't go in that specific route, you'll use those tools in your future in some way. So it hasn't been a waste, right, That's if you right. don't go into what your major is. Don't look at it that way. Look at it as what can I take from what I learned in my time here mm -hmm. and move that into my future in a way that I'll be happy and successful. That's beautiful. Dr. Rock, thank you so much. I like to give just one final question. Where can listeners learn more about you and the work that you do? You can go to my website, www.jolierock.com, J-O-L-I-E-R-O-C-K-E.com. And this sounds a little pretentious, but it's not. You can Google me and see what comes up. Hey. I love it. Dr. Rock, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure getting to talk with you and learn about your experiences. I feel motivated. Like, I want to go on a stage right now and sing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I just have the energy now. <laughs> now, let me also say, my assistant would beat me up if I didn't say this. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and iTunes and Amazon. And so you can Everything. go to any of the media outlets, you know, and find me as well. Awesome. Well, Dr. Rock, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure getting to chat with you. But thank you for tuning in to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. You can find us on all podcast streaming platforms and on the University of Hartford's website. For Dr. Jolie Rock, I'm Eden Fritz-Aguire. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Eden. <laughs>